Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arena Craft Podcast, a show dedicated exclusively to Magic the Gathering Arena. My name is Arjuna, I'm one of your hosts. Joining me today is our other host, Kova Go Blue. He's back and this week we're going to be talking about more spoilers for M21. So this is just like a bonus episode. We're going to keep it nice and focused. We're going to jump right into our spoilers here because there are just... There's just a lot to talk about. So CGB, how are you doing? And are you excited to dive back in? It's me. It's CGB. New cards. Uh, Let's kind of go, but as sort of a warm up, the last show that we did got me more excited about the set than I was before, because I think it's better than I had an impression from just seeing the cards kind of thrown at me. The spoiler season is so fast, right? There's so many cards that I keep on looking at cards and being like, eh, shrug, not that one. Eh, shrug, maybe that one. But going over them like this, I'm more excited than I was before. I think that's a good thing. I agree. This is this might be my favorite core set ever. Ooh. So I think that that's a combination of not being particularly excited about previous core sets and being particularly excited about this one. So yeah, this one's definitely delivering for me so far. I'm absolutely stoked to both draft this set and play it in Constructed. I think it's going to shake things up. By the way, just wanted to insert a quick note for all of you tuning in on YouTube. First of all, thanks so much for joining us on that platform. And we've gotten a number of comments so far with people asking if we could upload the images of the cards as we're talking about them, as that would obviously help to clarify the content that we're talking about. And thanks so much for giving us the feedback. It's really great to to hear that, you know, you're engaged and to I encourage you to keep asking for what you would like on this show. We would love to be able to provide this for you. However, the way that the show is currently delivered is that we record the podcast and we upload it to our podcast host who then automatically creates the video for the show and posts it to YouTube. So Um, What you're listening to on YouTube is actually like an automated video that's created by our host. If we wanted to make a custom video and upload the images, it would be a lot of extra work. And so I don't frankly have time in my schedule to do that right now, but I would love to be able to provide it for the future. So perhaps, you know, perhaps as things move along, we will make it a priority. Anyway, just wanted to address that because so many people have been asking about it. And by the way, if you didn't know, you can listen to the show on YouTube. All right, back to the previews. Are you ready to dive in CGB? Bring it. All right. So... Our first card that we're going to talk about today, I will take us into, it's a, an old character from Magic, by the way. This character goes all the way back to 97, I believe. Jolrail Mwanvuli Recluse. One and a green, legendary creature, human druid at rare. One, two. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a two, two green cat creature token. And you can pay four green, green. Until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards in your hand. So, I don't know. This card has uses. Um, drawing a second card each turn is not a particularly hard thing to enable. And I think if you get even one free cat out of this, you've done pretty well for yourself. What do you think? The cats are bigger than the creature. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> That's, you're making a cat bigger than you. What the heck is this? You maniac. Okay, I, this, this card's pretty cool. It's pretty um, good, right? Yeah. Uro. Yeah. Uro. Just, Teferi. Just Uro. Uh, Lanoir Visionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, on a lesser extent to those two. But yeah, this this with those You can freaking cast this on turn three and play opt. Boom. You're good to go, you know? The problem with this card is that it's a two-mana one-two with no other text if you're not drawing two cards a turn. Correct. So you have to be really confident in your ability to get that second draw. But this card with Growth Spiral is just perfectly fine. It's sweet. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. Shark Typhoon. 
Like the draw a card has become such a part of so many cards. And then, of course, this card also emphasizes that the opponent needs to play Narset, but this card can attack Narset. Um, this card is interesting. It's cool. I'm definitely, at the very least, going to try it with Uro. And it fits in the cat deck, so nerds are going to love it. But for me, it's like, this card might be useful. One or two, probably not a four, but mm -hmm. it might also just be one of those things you sideboard. So... The Bant deck hasn't had really that good swerve of, okay, if you're going to take out your removal, right. your cheap removal, I'm going to sideboard in, like like Fires did it with Warboss, you know, the creature sideboard swerve. And Bant tried to do it with Nightpack Ambusher, but Ambusher is expensive, so it still has trouble with uh, generic counterspells like Mystical Dispute. But this gets under Mystical Dispute and forces them to counter anything that draws a card, which they can't even counter a Shark Typhoon. Um, and so this is the good sideboard swerve. And Matt, that's it. Like, you're in a control mirror. Maybe it's a Jeskai control versus Bant control. And let's say you're playing the Jeskai side of it. You side out your removal. And your Bant opponent leads on the play with turn two Joel Rail. What are you going to do? You're like, okay, if I can't immediately answer this card with my two-mana spell, my opponent's just going to drop to fairy and they're going to start crapping out cat tokens every turn. This is the kind of card that can just... It kind of plays the role of the... Um, oh, why can I never remember that card's name? The, the, uh, the flyer that, that takes cards out of your opponent's deck. Thief of Sanity. Yeah, this, this is like the Bant Thief of Sanity. Now, not the same card, but uh, very threatening, so... Yeah, I'm I mean, yeah, it's it's bad. Like, it's scary with, with Teferi, but think about this. What if you drop this card, and then the next turn, you cast Gross Spiral on your turn, and gross another Gross Spiral, or Opt, or Cycle a Shark Typhoon on their turn? So so that's, you that's, basically get, like, a cat per turn out of it? Yeah, that that's five power going into your fourth turn from this card. And you drew, and you drew two cards! <laughs> So some of these decks even play a couple copies of Chemist's Insight, and that'll just get it for you alone on your opponent's turn. So not bad. Not bad, Joel Rail. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on to this next card. I think this card is sweet. Stormwing Entity. Why don't you read it for us? Okay. Three blue-blue, creature elemental rare, three-three. This spell costs two and a blue less to cast, a.k.a. one and a blue. If you've cast an instant or sorcery spell this turn, it has flying, it has prowess. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. When Stormwing Entity enters the battlefield, scry two. Why do you think this card is sweet? Dude, I mean, have you read it? <laughs> I don't go on Reddit. I, I find it a toxic, <laughs> scary place. I... I mean, it's a two-mana, all of the text that you just read. Like, what's not to love about this card? Do you really think this card's not going to see play somewhere? I don't doubt people will play this card. I do doubt that it's good. What are you not feeling about it? Well, the setup. If you hard cast this, it's terrible. You would admit that, right? Sure. Well, okay, okay. here's the thing. It's bad, but if it's the last card in your hand and you hard cast this on your turn, like a 3-3 three, three flyer that scries 2 is really not the worst. It's pretty close. By current standards. There are a lot of awful top decks in your like random spells deck if you're running on gas, and I think you can do a lot worse than Stormwing Entity, I think. Okay, I, I don't think that there are many people playing a 5-mana 3-3. Three, three. This is like 3-mana 4-3 three three for Bonecrusher, 3-mana three 3-1 three, Flash for Brazen Borrower, plus you got another spell out of the deal. You know, those, those are the, oh, I guess I have nothing else to do plays of standard right now, and those are both better than this. Well, here's the thing, though, right? If you're in a top-decking scenario, would you rather play a 4-3 Vanilla, or would you rather play a 3-3 three, three that scries 2? Obviously, you're just trying to trap me on that one. But the thing is, like, we're talking about the worst case scenario for this card. The best case, the, the only case worth playing the card for is that you cast an instant or sorcery so that you get to play this for two mana. Exactly. And the, that isn't, 
that just isn't very like there are two things that set that turn up well in my opinion growth spiral and opt i'm not convinced if you're playing is this what you want to do in that deck i it just gets bounced by teferi again scry 2 is kind of it, it it's not really like drawing a card a lot of times it just doesn't do much and it also gets hit by ecd it gets hit by scorching Dragonfire, which is picking up in popularity it gets hit by mystical dispute it's like everything about this screams very mediocre to me mediocre to bad i'm surprised to hear you say that i think this card has so many options so so let's explore a few of them i think the okay turn i I think the opt is compelling so turn three you play opt you scry you get scry one draw a card and then you also get three three flyer with prowess scry two that's a heck of a turn three man like that is a heck of a turn three. Can I interest you in turn four? You you lead off with that. And you have any kind of a, you know, you have another opt in your hand. And then when your opponent tries to cast their Scorching Dragonfire on it, you just buff it with prowess, right? So if you play this card anytime later than like turn three or four, you have like an incredible number of options of what you can play around it. I mean, I think even just bone crush a giant stormwing entity on turn four, that's a strong play, my friend. Like that is a lot of like kind of power damage interaction happening there. And the fact that it scries two and it ETBs means that you are, even if you lose it, your opponent's going to have to trade a card for it, except if it's like exactly Teferi, right? And then you you got the scry out of it. So I don't know. I, I think this card, I'm, I'm maybe not busted, but like I think this card is strong enough to want to at least build around. Um, or I think it could slot into any number of like, I'm especially thinking like blue-red spells deck, something like that. But yeah, I I um I think this card's very good. I think at the minimum I need another playable one mana instant. At the minimum. That's fair. That's totally fair. Like and oh and and by the way, I'm with you. Like I mean, I think that the deck that plays this is like 60% instants and sorceries, right? So like you don't want to put this deck uh, th- this is is going to be like kind of one of your only like role player creatures in that kind of deck. So I'm I'm fully with you on that. Like I could see a deck, for example, that played like uh, like Brineborn Cutthroat and maybe just like a couple of other threats and this. And OK, I know this this isn't a flash card, so it doesn't exactly fit into that game plan. But a deck kind of like that, like a blue red tempo kind of aggressive spelly deck i think could could get a lot of mileage out of a card like this if you're going to you you seem to like magical christmas land so can you turn can you figure out how to play this on turn two without ramp (laughs) turn two without you can you can do it can you find it turn two without ramp you stumped me rose thorn acolyte oh there you go there the adventure card that for one green adds one mana of any color <laughs> to your mana pool. It's a sorcery. It counts as a sorcery. You can play this on turn two uh, with Rose Thorn Acolyte. That's pretty good. I mean, if you're playing a Rose Thorn Acolyte deck, then that's a very, very compelling reason to play Stormwing Entity for sure. Here's what I'm here. Here, if if you want to have fun, and I am going to build this deck. I do, here's well, here's what I'm going to be clear about. I don't think this card will get played in a player's tour or mythic championship. That is my guess. If you disagree and we want to kind of have a told you so moment later, that's fine. But I will build a deck that is turn to that has this card as well as Rosethorn Acolyte and Song of Creation. There you go. Because I just want to kill the opponent on, like, with this and Song of Creation going nuts. Yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll make that bet with you. I, here, here's this. All right. If this card doesn't see play in either a, a competitive standard or historic deck, I'll be very surprised. 
before the new the next set comes out. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, because you can't hold me to a format I barely like I haven't <laughs> seen anything of. And I could just be wrong if they spoil like one mana blue do something cool. Yeah. Like tomorrow. But yeah. I uh, mean, right now just, I'm totally into this. Here's the thing, like like tempo decks have already played Unsummon, you know? Like imagine if your opponent like if you're playing any kind of a creaturey deck, right? And your opponent on turn three is like unsummon your turn to play drop storming entity and next turn they're threatening to go off in a flurry of spells and attack you for like a four or five mana flyer especially with the scry oh uh-huh. nasty nasty not buying it <laughs> you're not buying it all right <laughs> we shall see my friend we shall see um okay uh they printed a burn spell which can target planeswalkers so let's talk about uh soul seer why don't you read this for us i don't want to okay card's trash you think it's trash this card's trash this is it's fry for one extra mana that can target anything fry is trash against cards that like against decks that have white and blue cards in them (laughs) okay now i think that that has been true but look at the parade of like lower loyalty planeswalkers they've been printing in this set do you think that it's like after war of the spark rotates do you think that soul seer will still be an unplayable card we're talking about it now. Okay, it, it, it's two in a red for Soul Seer. Instant uncommon. Five damage to target creature or planeswalker. That permanent loses indestructible till end of turn. Everything about this is just, it's off rate for standard. Um, it is an instant. That is nice. It can hit a planeswalker, but I just don't. Here's the thing. You can't play like three mana spot removal to deal with planeswalkers because they already generated value after they enter the battlefield and you're giving up either your full turn or a significant part of your turn to just fall behind because that's all that you're doing if you're removing a planeswalker with a spot removal spell like this. So if you're a red deck and you're removing the planeswalker, then you're not adding to your board. You're not increasing your aggression. If you're the spells deck or the control deck, then the opponent still got ahead and you had to use mana on your turn before they got to use their planeswalker again. It's not the right way to fight them. I don't necessarily disagree. I think that this card could be a role player in a particular standard. I think if there are certain planeswalkers that you your red deck has trouble dealing with and or if there are other certain like five toughness creatures that your red deck has a hard time dealing with, then I could definitely see a role for souls here to play. For example, people have been playing that adamant three red, you know, red, red, red burn spell. It deals four damage to any target. Now, mind you, that one can go to the face. So, you know, that's a very relevant line of text. But I don't know. I could see Solsia as being like a role player to fix specific problems that your red deck is dealing with. So I, I think you made a strong point for it not being that great. I don't think it's going to be a standard all-star, but I, I think it could be a role player. Okay, so let's move on to our next card here. This one uh, is a kind of in a similar vein. So let's see how you feel about this one, CGB. Eliminate one and a black instant. Destroy target creature or planeswalker with CMC3 or less. Can I interest you in this one? Yes. Okay. Because there is significant chance that when you play Eliminate, you're removing something that you had to remove on curve before it gets value. The two-mana plays are typically where people will play things that don't have to have an enters-the-battlefield ability. That can just be a must-kill. Runaway Steamkin and Priest of the Forgotten Gods are two of my favorite Priest of Forgotten Gods. There's no the, as my viewers love to dagger me for. Priest of Forgotten Gods is a great example of this. This card, if it costs three mana, would probably be terrible, Priest of Forgotten Gods. But since it's two mana, it's low enough to the ground that people have to eliminate it. See what I did there? On curve. And uh, before it gets value, just because you untapped with it. So as soon as a removal spell is two mana and solves a significant amount of problems in the format, especially across multiple types of permanents. It becomes very good. And that's why this card is very good. It is not great to have to fight Teferi or to fight Narset with a two-mana removal spell when those cards already gained value, but it is great against the uh, something someone Ket 
cat. I just want to say cat. Bassery cat. <laughs> Bassery you know, cat, yeah. It's, it, it's pretty solid there. And here's the thing about Teferi and Narset and why those cards are particularly busted. They're passives. Just sitting on the battlefield can ruin your game plan. Yeah. Like Saltai. I, I love Saltai Control, Saltai Ramp. I can't play it for long because a Narset on the field just destroys that entire deck. Agreed. And it has no good way to remove it. Like, Agreed. If you run Vraska, it's such a meh Planeswalker that costs four mana. You're behind on mana. But Eliminate just instantly goes in the deck and changes the equation. Now you can reach out, smash the... Smash the Narset and away you go. It's also like, does does Team Wreck want to somehow change its configuration to run this? Because <laughs> killing Teferi for two mana is a big game. You well, know? and I think that you highlight a good point, which is no, is this the ideal answer to Teferi or Narset? It's not. You're down a card. However, I mean, Team Erect doesn't have a problem drawing cards, right? Saltai doesn't have a problem drawing cards. The, pr- the problem is not going down a card. The problem is your opponent having a Planeswalker you can't deal with. So I think that we will gladly kill these Planeswalkers specifically. In the, like, I regularly deck myself playing Saltai. I don't have a problem drawing every card in my deck. I just need to get that freaking Narset off the table. Yep. Yep. This card is a game changer for a lot of these decks. Um, Esper, Grixis, Soltai especially, which is kind of competing now, but like Esper and Grixis just haven't been very good at competing because they have to lean on like three mana Murderous Rider, which is a great example of a card that just completely drops you behind when you play it. But this card doesn't, you know, you stay even and you can get back to business. Uh, That's why it's a good card. (laughs) Keeping standard in business. All right. Uh, happy to see Eliminate. Um... Let's talk... Okay, I'm going to just ask you one question about this next card. Okay, I'll read it for you. Volcanic Salvo, 10 red red, 12 CMC spells sorcery at rare. The spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of creatures you control. Volcanic Salvo deals 6 damage to each of up to 2 target creatures and or planeswalkers. One question, CGB, is this card playable? No. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was going to be the gas or ass question. I was ready. Oh, okay. Well, so so gas or ass. <laughs> no, no, no. We've, just, we've, we've both come it. down on ass on this card. This is, this is both sides of the ass. Don't don't play this card, people. <laughs> just just skip it. It's worse than you think it is. Okay, another card that might be worse than you think it is. Idol of Endurance. Do you want to read this for us? No. Okay. But I will. Uh, two and a white artifact rare. When Idol of Endurance enters the battlefield, exile all creature cards with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard. Until Idol of Endurance leaves the battlefield, one and a white and a tap. Until end of your turn, you may cast a creature spell from among the cards exiled without paying its mana cost. This card's probably just too slow and requires too much setup right compare this card and all the absolute devastation that is to fairy bouncing this card leaving those things in exile compare that well, to Loris. although it says until idol of endurance leaves the battlefield so you don't you don't suffer from that which is good i suppose you're right but still compare that to Loris. i mean just paying three mana to play this again is is, is a disaster if if they yeah. have Teferi. The, the only way I see anyone playing this is in some, like, very particular combo deck, which is usually code word for don't play this card, it's terrible. <laughs> so, I yeah. think I think you made your case. I also think the card's bad. Um, let's talk about, they are reprinting the uh, enemy color temple cycle. What a buzzword. What a freaking buzz topic. My God, everybody wants me to talk about this every single every single time I turn on my computer. So let's just cover it briefly because it has been a controversy. They're also reprinting Fabled Passage. So essentially they're reprinting six rare lands that we have had already in the last year on Arena. So are they trying to steal our money? Are they trying to make us unhappy? Are they trying to shaft magic players here what's going on cgb 
Well, depending on your definition of some of those terms, the answer to all of it can be yes. (laughs) Uh, Yes, they are trying to, I don't know if steal is the right term. They're trying to get our money, trying to shaft us. Some people would call it that. I, I hate a lot of things about this. For those who don't know, uh, rare protection doesn't apply here. If you open a temple of malady in the rare spot in M21 and you already own four temples of malady from another set, you don't get gems. You don't get a rare wild card. You're just out that rare slot. And there is no use for, there, there is literally no use for these cards until a rotation, which you know, even then you can still play the old versions. There's it's literally yeah. worthless. Yeah. Like there is no plus side for the arena players that I can think of. And if you want to talk about cosmetics, art, something like that, those things too. It's the same art. It's the same art. It's the same border. This card is completely indistinguishable from the last version, these temples, this fabled passage. And what trips me, like I what I think I hate Fable Passage more than the Scrylands, and I'll tell you why. Because Fable Passage is in Eldraine. The Scrylands were going to rotate, but Fable Passage is going to rotate from M21 the same time that Eldraine rotates. Yeah, exactly. What the heck is that? Yeah. I... So, so from an arena player's perspective, this is just like the devil. We hate it. Why would we ever see something like this? I've heard arguments for people saying that Fabled Passage is they want to lower the cost of this card in paper by reprinting it so soon after its original printing. Uh, Oh, good. We can finally get the price of a standard deck under $100 because there's no demand for paper cards anyway. Like, (laughs) what? What? yeah, and, and it kind of bothers me because it's, you know, Fabled Passage isn't like, it's not like a fetch land, you know? Like, I don't actually know what the cost of a Fabled Passage is in paper at the moment, but I, it, well, I don't think it was breaking anyone's particular bank. So it, it seems like an odd choice to me as well. Like, even the paper argument, it just, it bothered me. Like, when I saw these cards in the spoiler, I just, like, before even thinking about it, I just had this kind of knee-jerk, like, uh, what? <laughs> Why am I seeing these cards here? Well, it's also just disappointing in this. Um, we've never been in more need of an interesting and fast cycle of lands. Yes. Because aggro decks are borderline unplayable because tempo is everything. And if they have to play a tap land, it's like they lose the game. Yeah. It really feels that way. I, I, a lot of if you're an aggro mage out there listening to this, you know this. Rint would say play mono green, and a lot of red players would say just play mono red because you won't hit a tap land. But aggro wasn't always like this, kids. There was a time when there were options. You know, shock lands and check lands, for example. You could curve out with two or three colors. You know, consistently. You could curve out with one drops from two or three colors. Yeah, which and is. It's kind of one of the underrated reasons why a deck like Black White Vampires was playable. That's one of the reasons why that deck was so dominant in Standard was that you could just consistently cast your spells on time. And now it just seems like that's it, it seems like that's not going to happen. Yeah. And it and this kind of thing is just it's really disappointing because it takes away a part of the meta and it makes us think that magic is going to no matter what happens no matter what cards they introduce, what concerns me is that magic is going to remain a battle between a cat in an oven and a wilderness reclamation and an explosion and a Teferi. Like yeah. those three things are just going to keep pushing back and forth because nobody can attack them, get under them, put them under pressure. So yeah. that's my concern. I'm I'm with you. Now, of course, this all points towards Zendikar printing some kind of excellent lands that we're all going to love that are going to come into play untapped and hopefully... Like sell. allied temples. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Allied temples. Easy. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Enjoy your lands, everyone. We'll see you next Zendikar. Um, mm. So... 
they better. And I mean, you know, everyone's talking about fetch land reprints and whether they're going to show up in a standard legal set or not. So maybe Zendikar just solves all of our problems and reprints fetches and the villagers rejoice and everyone's happy. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. If I'm I... terrified of a world without Shocklands. Yeah. Like, like, like right now, Shocklands are the only thing, in my opinion, keeping uh, decks like keep keeping some decks even viable you know i agree like what would gruel and rakdos be if they couldn't occasionally have great starts thanks to shock lands you know (laughs) yeah i i'm i'm with you like uh a a format with no untapped duels in it is just is limited you know what i mean like like limited should be the only constructed or the, the only format in Magic where you can't guarantee something like that in your format. So they have to do something, and they have to do it by Zendikar, and that's that's kind of all there is to it. Agree. They're going to make the entire player base extremely unhappy if they don't. So we'll be looking forward to that, and hopefully they solve the problem. Um, I, I'd be interested to see, like, uh, I wonder if they could make, like, the untapped... Like like the fabled passage that you can play on turn one that has some kind of a downside to it. As long as you control three or less lands, the, the land enters the battlefield untapped. Yeah, fast lands. That would be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. We last saw fast lands in uh, Kaladesh, I think. And a fast land reprint would be amazing. I, I would love to see that. All right. Well, the land saga will return next set review, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what we can do here. Um, all right. The next card that I want to talk about, which has seen play in a fair number of constructed formats, is Heroic Intervention. One and a green, instant, rare. Permanence you control, gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. I don't know if the versatility is, makes it worth like, we have Lazatep plating, sees very little play, unless you run my Jeskai Mutate deck, which some of my fans, God bless you, do. But for the most part, nobody plays Lazatep plating, which is everything you control gains hexproof, and you get a 1 1. This is everything gives you hexproof and indestructible. I don't know if the addition of indestructibility, therefore sweeper protection, as well as spot removal protection, makes this better than Lazatep plating. It seems really narrow. It also seems like a nice gotcha, like a beautiful little gotcha moment. But I can't see it being more than a one or two of in sideboards. And I think that's probably the ceiling on the card. Yeah. And so the the one problem with heroic intervention in the format, uh, the main problem, I would say, is just to fairy. So when your opponent does that classic play of turn three to fairy, bounce your thing, um, or just, just like... Whenever your opponent like gets to plus their Teferi and pass the turn back to you and leave up Shatter the Sky, you're going to look at Heroic Intervention in your hand and just kind of cry yourself to sleep, basically. Um, so Teferi mm. completely hoses this card. Welcome to the Teferi review. We're here to talk about Teferi and Teferi and a little more Teferi. <laughs> Standard's going to be a very particular set until Teferi rotates, and that's that's just kind of the way it is, my friends. <laughs> So, yep. So, yeah. So, after, so we'll get back to you guys in October or whenever it is that standard rotates, and we'll just do a whole other set review of this set. And, uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> we'll reevaluate dude. every card. It's, it's not insane to say that we should reevaluate all legal cards when Teferi leaves the format. Yeah. That's not insane. Yeah. That's how, that's how nuts the card is. It is. Uh, it's, it's just literally one of the most format warping cards ever printed period i mean like we joked about uh, goblin chain whirler in in the past core set that it was printed in for the same reason because goblin chain whirler invalidated so many text boxes and teferi is like chain whirler times two times three so anyway so yeah so heroic intervention i'm probably gonna see some sideboard play and if teferi continues to dominate might not even see sideboard play but it's a strong card it's a very strong card Okay, let's talk about another golden oldie that might not be playable anymore. Why don't you read Grasp of Darkness for us? Black, black, instant, printed at common, originally an uncommon. Target creature gets minus four, minus four until end of turn. So, have we moved on? What do you think? 
First of all, I haven't moved on because I was just watching this card shining in green, black delirium, watching footage from Pro Tour Shadows over Innistrad as uh, I fell asleep last night. I do not move it. on. I do not move on. I watch old Pro Tour footage at night, almost every night. That was such a sweet format, by the way. I love it was. that standard format. Clues. Clues. For- anyway, the uh. arena. Arena. But you can still play Magic Duels. It's on Magic Duels. You can still <laughs> play this card and Tireless Tracker. Oh, my God. Glory. But um, anyway, Grasp of Darkness is not, um, it's not over. Like, this card has uses, and I think it's going to be a sideboard card. And I think that the main reason for that is Night Pack Ambusher. Mm. There aren't a lot of good ways to answer a Night Pack Ambusher at a good rate at instant speed. And certain colors have it better than others. Like you could say Aether Gust, but they just draw it again. And in a, a slower sideboard, a game that doesn't really solve the problem, but this card can. And there's a few other things like how good is for toughness. If that lieutenant, Bossery's lieutenant becomes a played card, you can respond to the trigger on the stack with this and get rid of it because it's monocolored, hits for toughness. Dreadhorde Butcher just dies, you know, without dealing damage to anything. That's oh, not, that's pretty that's nice. That's definitely not zero. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And it's two mana, so it answers the things on curve that need to be answered. Oh, um, another one is Annex, Hardened in the Forge. No, like they only get one token, no matter how much red devotion they have, because you reduce the power. Okay. Okay, you're kind of, you're kind of bringing me around, because... It's okay. My, so here was my question was, why would we ever run this card if we have Heartless Act in the format? That was that, That's the bar that this card needs to clear. And I'll tell you what, if you think double black is an easy uh, cost to be able to hit untapped on turn two, especially in this format, I have news for you. you you're mm. not going to cast this on curve a lot of the time. Just wait till Shocklands are gone. <laughs> I mean, like this card <laughs> will be literally unplayable like if they don't print some really really good lands soon so that's that's one of my main concerns with grasp of darkness is like in a mono black deck sure you play this card all day right but like in a salt eye control deck can you afford to to run grasp of darkness i don't know it's not free like i it that definitely matters i think there's enough upside but i still wouldn't run many like I said, I think it's like two out of the sideboard. I don't think it will see much best of one play because it's not as versatile as other options. Yeah. I, but there, it's definitely not a complete, it's, it's not a total flop. It's not a total loss. So, for example, if that, uh, if that 3 1 discard a card, make a creature and just indes- make the creature indestructible, sees a lot of play in the format, then we might see more Grasp of Darkness. Great example if we're getting used to like these indestructible doggos, right? Like if you have your, that sack dog that makes a thing indestructible. Yep. Great example. Gets around that. So yeah, it it could be relevant. Actually, the more I think about it, they have put some indestructibility in it. Now people have been saying, Oh, what about the gods? This doesn't hit any of them. So don't. (laughs) What about the gods? Are people playing gods right now? I, I, I must have missed the memo. Who, yeah, who's yeah, out there on God true. Watch? You know, those Theros gods, you know, I bought a lot of that Theros. I got a lot of those mythic gods lying around. When are they good? You know what? They'll come back when those companions become relevant again. How about that? Well, I, they're, they're just looming over the format, you know, like Heliod, sure. whatever. But the, and, and the problem is that they all, I, I think... Without exception, they all have five toughness or higher. Without so, exception, they all get bounced by Teferi. Yes, yes. And That's without, all that matters. Without exception, <laughs> they just haven't been good. I mean, like, Thassa hasn't been good. Heliod hasn't been good. Uh, which of the other ones even saw play? I don't remember. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. It. The Rock says it doesn't even matter what their name is. <laughs> So, you know, we'll, we'll, catch you, we'll catch you in October, friends. We'll catch you in October. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's keep scrolling through some of these utterly junky, unplayable cards here. So why, why don't you read this card for us? Okay, Traitorous Greed. And the art seems to be a dragon with battle armor and flags for wings. No, those are just flags in front of the wings. <laughs> And it's just, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, this is three in a red sorcery, uncommon. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. 
This is total trash so far. Yeah. Untap that creature. It gains haste. I feel like I've read this book. Yeah. Add two mana of any color. Wait, what? Spicy. Add two mana of any color. Spicy. What are we doing? What are we doing here? So you can gain control of any creature and you get two mana back. So the first thing that came to my mind was heart fire, right? So you snatch that creature, you smack them with it, you heart fire them, you smack them in the face, right? So this Mm. lets you cast your sacrifice spell. This could also enable that uh, one black sack a creature draw to. I don't know. What do you Mm -hmm. think? Weaponize the monsters. It pays the cost of weaponize the monsters. <laughs> there you go. But add two mana of any color. The problem with that is you can't attack with it and then use the the mana. You have to use the mana right after you cast oh, this. Oh, that's a really good point. I didn't think yeah. about that, right? Because because if you go to combat, it drains from your pool. Yeah, that's oh, a that problem. makes this card so much worse. It really does. Yeah really does mm. I, I i totally oh well now that you point that out that's kind of does i don't know this is going to be like some very specific edge case maybe like you have specific stuff in your deck but probably not otherwise here 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 the, the here's the thing it's significantly worse than claim now and it's because you can't target your own creature very easily you need a ton of mana and the other thing about that card that i i mean is it better than act of treason yeah because it's cheaper right act of treasons what's the what's the upside on act of treason i forgot does it scry or something no just no upside it's it's just just the straight any size creature yeah Yeah, any size creature so all right well now that you pointed that out i'm kind of off it if you if you had the mana for the rest of the turn then i think we'd be talking let's get to conspicuous snoop so this is red red for a 2-2 creature goblin rogue at rare. Play with the top card of your library revealed. Okay, interesting. You may cast goblin spells from the top of your library. As long as the top card of your library is a goblin card, Conspicuous Snoop has all activated abilities of that card. The thing that jumps out to me about this card is like maybe a historic player. Uh, I don't think we have... Maybe we don't have enough playable goblins in standard at the moment, but Historic has some, eh, like, somewhat-ish goblin-y decks that, that this could be a thing in. It's a 2-2. Did you mention the, the power toughness? Yeah, yeah, 2-2. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, I, I would need you to tell me how to make this card good because you seem to have that imagination. I look at this and I'm like, how often is the top of your library going to be a goblin with a good activated ability that you would even want what is a good goblin ability what's a good activated ability of a goblin so anybody i I don't disagree with you i for me the main thing to do with this card is just to try to get like a couple even one extra goblin off the top of your deck and and cast it in the same turn right like that to me that seems like the reason you play this is just to get that kind of like um experimental frenzying going on yeah because otherwise, I agree, it's unplayable. If it didn't have that line of text, I don't think this would be a role player. I think if you're running some kind of like 20 land Oops All Goblins deck with just like a bunch of, I don't know, fanatical firebrands and whatever, then, you know, this could actually be like a solid like turn three or turn four or, or later game, right? Like, I mean, this is a pretty reasonable top deck in, in a Can Goblin deck. Can you cycle gen palm incinerator off the top of your library i don't think you can no because it's just cast right so yeah so anyway yeah i I, who knows whether it's good enough i i know not good enough even even for historic do you think yes I, i i think the historic goblin deck is bad without some more good reprints it needs goblin pile driver it needs goblin oh is it what is the goblin that gives plus one plus one it's just a Goblin King. I'll go the back Lord. super old school. Yeah. yeah. So, it means okay. Goblin King. Supposing we did have, like, supposing we had, like, a competitive Goblins deck in Historic, would this be a good addition to it? If you're literally running 20-plus Goblins, I think the answer is yes. I think so, too, because that was my read. I think, like, in a, in, a, in a Goblin deck that you actually want to play, I feel like Conspicuous Snoop has enough text on it to make it worthwhile. I also feel like there there would be times where you just reveal a siege gang commander on top of your deck, and yeah. instead of casting it, burn your opponent out with the ability. That's yeah. probably as good as it gets. 
Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, Siege Gang Commander is pricey, and if you get to turn your conspicuous snoop into one and you have any number of goblins on the field already, could be very good. So, I don't know. I, I think this card is a good goblin enabler and uh, just one of those cards that makes you keep an eye on goblins being printed moving forward. Yeah, it's probably a print away from being okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Let's just talk quickly about Frantic Inventory. One on a blue instant, draw a card, then draw cards equal to the number of cards named Frantic Inventory in your graveyard. Unplayable? Probably. I think so. I think that the current meta two mana to draw a card is too low impact. Zero zero influence on the board, you know? Zero influence on your opponent. Thought Erasure, Agonizing Remorse are cards that don't see that much play because of the insane amount of tempo that this format seems to be about uh let's see i'm trying to think of like the two mana draw cards that we do play yeah because we I we mean, don't play omen the, of the, uh, the jumpstart one isn't omen of the sea just better in so many ways it's on the board so you can bounce it with teferi you can flicker it with yorian it gets you three to f- it gets you like a total of three cards deep you know this only gets you one no scry and yeah, I, I think Omen of the Sea is significantly better than this. I think that the only way this card is even close to good is if you have a good way to discard the first copy, then casting the second one, two mana draw two is okay. So Teferi, um, the <laughs> time guy... Two mana draw two is okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, like in, another, in another world, we would try to figure out how to play a card like Winged Words, which can be a two mana draw two. And the, all it asks of you is to have a flyer. I mean, but I still think even Charter cares. Course would be fantastic if it were in standard, you know? Charter so. Course, yeah, Charter Course is playable. Yeah. That's what it takes to mana draw to. Yeah, and and so, so yeah, you're right. If you get the first one in the yard, the second one's good. And then, of course, the third and the fourth ones are absolutely busted. Um, the, the shell I could see this for most would probably be like some kind of Arclight Phoenix shell. Now, Phoenix hasn't been quite good enough to see play in standard, but it's always kind of lurking there in the background. Yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on it. My prediction is it won't do anything. Yeah, fair, fair. Let's talk about a card which people are going to be looking at in light of recent developments. Do you want to read Transmogrify for us? Sure. Transmogrify is the card Polymorph, but red. So was Polymorph originally blue? <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, I will read it. I'm just, I'm just being a troll. <laughs> so Transmogrify, three and a red sorcery, rare, exile target creature. And it can be yours or your opponent's, just oh. so you know. Oh, that okay, creature's that con- creature's controller. That's interesting. That creature's controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card. That player puts that card onto the battlefield, then shuffles their library. Oh my god, that's going to be such a tilt when your opponent like exiles your questing beast and you get a pelt collector out of it. <laughs> I love it. I suppose. Uh, I mean, I, I was thinking more of like you just transmogrify like their shark token in their creatureless deck. Haha. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. You can no, do. that no, that's not that's not a good use of your four mana. Just brazen borrow that thing. Come on now. But uh, th- I mean, this this card would be interesting. And I, I literally, when somebody showed me this on Twitch, I was I just shrugged because it's like they printed a planeswalker for five that does this twice. So is the ability to curve like let's say end of your third turn you flash an omen of the sun and then on your fourth turn you play transmogrify and oops dream trawler like is is that is that a good enough curve or no 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 uh you you spent four mana you had to exile the thing so if they interact with it it doesn't work the payoff is dream trawler and for four or five mana the opponent might have a sweeper or an adequate answer the power and and actually a lot of people have brought this up since i suggested that jeskai luca dream trawler could still be a really good best of one deck a lot of people mention well all you're doing is saving one mana on dream trawler and i can't stress enough that that's not why the why the luca version is good the luca version is because you paid five mana for two dream trawlers yeah not one this is like four mana for one dream trawler it it's tough to answer but it can be answered and it can be interacted with and if they do it's a pretty huge blowout and this card is generally useless if you can't set it up well. 
So Luca, on the other hand, not completely useless. It's just a threat to have on the board. If you play Luca on an empty board, the opponent still has to respect that you can make a creature at any time and go get something. So they have to play the game differently. They have to deal with the Luca. This card sits in your hand and does nothing uh, without a target. So this card's significantly worse than Luca, and I don't. I I might be wrong. There, I, I had a blind spot when Luca came out. I said it might be busted, but people would have to show me they did. I the, I don't think this is busted. I don't think you play it instead of Luca. People would have to show me that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think I pretty much agree. It takes a very particular deck to prefer playing this over that. Or I mean, do you play both? You would literally have to have a creature to hit that I think is better than Dream Trawler. I, I think you have to hit some kind of an instant win. So, like, kind. if it was Agent of Treachery and you were oh just playing God. more ways to get it? This was going to be legal with Agent of Treachery, everybody. Because <laughs> I think you, that's good Can enough, you imagine? Right? What, this was going to be legal with Fires of Invention and Agent of Treachery. That yeah. was the plan. Can you imagine if they hadn't banned that deck? That you could now... It wasn't good enough that Luca could do, like, triple agent to you on turn five. We would start on turn four. <laughs> the first agent would be turn four, and then it would be triple or even five X agent on turn five. Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah, that's filthy. It's it's totally filthy. So transmogrify, keep an eye out on your expensive creatures. I know that someone's going to be playing this in Historic and just getting an Ulamog into play on turn four. So that's going to be a fun thing to look out for. Nice. Yeah, you know, whatever. Probably not that good. To fairy. To fairy. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> End of story. Which is probably what's going to happen with this next card as well. Fiery Emancipation, three red, red, red. Uh, mythic Enchantment. If a source you control would deal damage to a permanent or play, it deals not one, not two, but three times that damage to that permanent or player instead. So this is like, like you had two Torbrands on the field at once basically, but it's any source, not just a red source. Uh, however, it is a six mana, essentially do nothing enchantment. So I don't know. Is there anything for us to talk about before we move on here? Shock you for eight. Oh, uh, that's pretty good, I guess. <laughs> There's going to be some kind of silly, like borrow Starfield mystic deck with this. <laughs> um, yeah, here, here's the thing, right? Chandra curves into this, and if they didn't kill the Chandra, they do take eight. Something mm-hmm. takes eight. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what? Who plays a five mana spell that isn't dealt with? Yeah, I mean, magic? yeah. If you're if you're sticking your five mana play into sticking your six mana play, yeah, you better win. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they are. You better win. I mean, okay, triple damage is a. I mean, it is a metric heck ton of damage, right? I mean, like. If your red deck has managed to assemble any kind of a board and you resolve this and you attack, like it's got to be game over, right? But I mean, I, but I'm with you. Like, I no, just. It's not going to matter, but there is a reason. Like, this card was almost significant. And the reason is fires. Yeah. This card with fires of invention, Kenrith attacks for, for 20. Trample, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Cavalier of Flame. You're dead. Um, now fires could usually do that earlier, but like just saying, you know, fires was a card. So this is going really deep, right? But like, I could see some, like, like this is a heck of a card to grab off your Sultai ultimatum, right? Trying to, oh, oh, okay. How about this? The, the teamer ultimatum. Mm -hmm. Genesis ultimatum. If you can just cheat this into play with that, I mean, eh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. As long as you have another way to deal damage. Yeah, yeah. Having to draw it when you're not cheating it into play is pretty bad, right? But I could definitely see some kind of combo applications of this. If if you have a way to just get it onto the field easily, it's a heck ton of damage. We're, we're gonna keep this. We're gonna keep this uh, PG, but it's it's a heck ton of damage. So Do you think if you say it for a third time, people will know what you mean? <laughs> okay, I <laughs> get them. No, I mean that it's triple. You have to triple it. <laughs> yeah, yep. We, we we did it. We got there. Why don't you read Garrick Unleashed for us? Okay, Garrick Unleashed. Welcome back. 
two green green, legendary planeswalker Garrick, four loyalty, plus one. Up to one target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains trample until end of turn. Minus, how am I supposed to read, dude? Sorry, I forgot. Dude, dude, (laughs) dude. Behind the scenes, he's con- I, he's sharing his screen, and he just starts scrolling around like, "What am I gonna read?" He doesn't care what happens here. I'm like, Production I'm like quality at what's coming shot. up next. <laughs> <laughs> he just skips. Yeah, I'm like, I don't remember this card by heart right now, bro. <laughs> so Garrick, create minus two. Create a three-three green beast creature token. Then, if an opponent controls more creatures than you, put a loyalty counter on Garrick Unleashed. Minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step. You may search your library for a creature, put it onto the battlefield, shuffle your library, and uh, he's got an axe. You know, he's he's looking swole. Just for those of you concerned about if Garrick has been in the gym, if he's malnourished, like what's been his story for the last five years, he's he's looking all right. He's been eating a lot of gingerbread and he's feeling pretty good. So what do you think of our our the return of Garrick in this unleashed form? Uh a little underwhelmed. I don't know how underwhelmed I am. I'm certainly not excited to start jamming Garrick into any deck I can think of. You get a heck of a lot more Planeswalker for one more mana with the new Vivian. So I guess I, sh- I say the new Vivian. What I mean is Ikoria's Vivian. So so let me, let me try to frame this one. Because when I first looked at this card, I had your reaction. Yeah. And the longer I've thought about it, the more I think it's better than I think it is. Okay. And I, So I'm going to try to frame it a little bit. So when you when you plus the card that we looked at before, I keep on forgetting the name. Is it Basari? But but the the white planeswalker, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's three mana planeswalker plus one is plus one, plus one plus one counter and indestructible, and that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like that turns any smaller creature into a significant threat. This plus one is plus three plus three and trample. If you if your opponent plays a a, per, a creature of most any size and you have uh if your opponent plays another planeswalker and you have just about any creature on the battlefield and you play a garrick and plus it garrick's gonna go smash that planeswalker garrick's gonna go smashing over that creature like your creature is going to be the biggest thing attacking and uh if you are a green deck what more could you ask for than hitting the opponent faster and harder also the minus two, I think that's kind of your fail state. If I don't have a creature that I want to hit, smash my opponent's face with, I guess I'll make a 3-3 beast. And then I'll have something to smash them with next turn. I don't think the if an opponent controls more creatures than you put a loyalty counter on Garrick, I don't think that's particularly matters. I mean, it will come up, but I don't think it matters not in the kind of deck this belongs in. And the minus seven, I think, is flavor text. Yeah, but, I I agree that the the ultimate's not why you play Garrick at all. Yeah, this this card, you need to unlock the power of free giant growth and trample on your creatures. And yeah, that's interesting. So here's where I'm getting hung up, right? Because Vivian Arkbow Ranger is approximately 10,000 times better than this card if you're trying to do that. Sort of. Vivian can't make a creature on her own. That's true. She's no good on an empty board. That's true. So so Garrick has Vivian beat when it comes to that. The, here's the thing. like You're going to be playing Garrick in a creature deck anyway, so I think it's unlikely. It's It, it happens, but it's unlikely that you're going to resolve this on an empty board. But if you do, you're happy. Like, you have a Planeswalker and a threat, and next turn that creature attacks for six. Yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, that's that's not bad. That's not. That's the thing. Resolving it on empty board, actually, you're happy because it resolved, and your opponent's under huge pressure again. So, say they just swept the board, and you follow up with a Garrick. But at the same time, the Garrick is good before the sweeper. If you play Garrick plus it and hit the opponent really freaking hard, and they sweep, okay, I'll play a Questing Beast and plus Garrick again. How are you doing? I just think like <laughs> here's the thing, right? So. In the scenario in which you plus Garrick, give a creature giant growth, get in, 
and then your opponent untaps and kills your Garrick, right? You're not that happy in that scenario. You still have the creature, and their life total is low. Like, they have to respect that creature. I don't the know, man. The more their I've... life is, the more they have to respect that creature and ignore the Garrick. I've, I've been playing a lot of mono green, and this card does not pass muster in that deck, I'll tell you right now. So I'm just trying to think about which... Like, what deck do you actually play Garrick Unleashed in? That's what I'm having a hard time with, because the I think... The Henge Hammer. I think all of our existing Planeswalker options are better than, than Garrick, is, is like... Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I, we're going to have to try it out. We're going to have to try it out. But yeah, I would rather run Vivian Ogbo Ranger in any of my, like, mono green aggro decks, and I'd rather run 5-mana Vivian in, like, any of my more kind of mid-rangey decks, so... Yeah, he'll have to find a home. You know, he'll he'll need a home. Uh, Sir Sir Farron the Hengehammer has never had a better friend. I I mean, when Sir Farron the Hengehammer travels to the North Pole and meets Santa Claus, then you have a point. <laughs> that card that card is in a deck that I believe last I checked was five zero in the PT today. Oh really? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been so skeptical of that that build of of mono green, and people have said that it's good. Zvi Mauschkowitz is one of the greatest players of all time. He's the one who designed this build with uh, Hengehammer and Giant Growth. He he has built some of the greatest combo decks of all time. Is is, is how I would put that. Oh, is that okay? So, yes. um, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that is a creature combo deck if you think about it. So, Farron, I will say I played a mono green mirror against the Sir Farron deck, and it it was a lol fest like that deck looked so bad against my mono green deck but maybe it was just because i was on the play or something who knows <laughs> it can be as simple as that these days i my bet friend. i bet if one of you two controlled a garrick unleashed the player with the garrick would have won that game <laughs> okay all right i do you want to bet on this one do you do you like i i think this will see significant play i'm i'm less into it than you are that's that's fair I'm not ready to trash Garrick because uh, I, I, I think it has obvious power. But what I said before stands, I just don't think that it replaces any of the other green planeswalkers that like green planeswalkers are good these days, man. They are. There are some good green planeswalkers. It's a strong card and everything you said about it is true. And I don't disagree with anything that you said. So definitely worth a shot. Put him in. See if you like him. A card that's probably not worth a shot is Garrick's Harbinger. One green green creature beast at rare for three hexproof from black randomly. And uh, there's a lot of text on this card, which you don't really need to think about. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, you look at that many cards from the top of your library. You can reveal a creature card or Garrick planeswalker from among them, put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library. In any order. I think the idea is that you're supposed to curve the Harbinger into Garrick, right? And then you yes. hit for seven, look at the top seven, grab a creature. So, it, or a Planeswalker. So in that situation, it's golden and you love life and everything's wonderful, right? But I, I Can we just talk really quick about if the goal is to play this and then play a Garrick so it hits you, why does it only find a Garrick Planeswalker or creature? Like, we don't need another one. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. You're curving this into Garrick 6. That's what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just stupid. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it should say Planeswalker, not Garrick Planeswalker, because the yeah. format of Garrick Planeswalker is the only Planeswalker that plays well with it, I guess, unless you do the Vivian thing. You're right. I mean, like, I don't know, maybe they'll print like some other Garrick in the next set. But I, I agree, it's kind of stupid because you're probably not playing this and the Golgari six-mana Garrick in the same deck. Like they just want to do such different things, right? Like that Garrick is like a it's like a Golgari grindfest finisher, like board controller, you know? And that's such a different game plan than what the Harbinger's doing and what Garrick Unleashed is doing. So mm, agree. Yep. Yeah, this card has three toughness. <laughs> to fairy. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're at an hour here, and uh, we haven't even remotely covered all of the spoilers in this set. So perhaps it's time for us to tap out and uh, wait for our next edition of Spoilers for M21. 
Are you more or less hyped for the set after this particular review, CGB? I'm more. I, it, it, like I said at the beginning, I was getting more hyped after the last one, and this one also revealed some cards. Although, I've got to say, we went over, in my opinion, a bunch of the Timmy cards. You you seem to think some of them might do something. So we'll see. You know, guilty as charged, my friend. What can I say? You know, whenever people are pointing and laughing at Timmy, sometimes he comes through, you know? Well, well, Timmy, Garrick is waiting, and I don't know what... I think once you play this card, you'll come around. Okay, all right. I'll tell you what. Any Planeswalker that's going to make a green mage out of you, CGB, is a card that I'm happy to see in the format. So your ringing endorsement of this card uh, will make me look forward to watching the inevitable content that you and your fans will enjoy pushing out. So stay tuned for all of that. And uh, so speaking of content, you can find ArenaCraft Podcast content at arenacraftpodcast.com. You can search for ArenaCraft Pod on Twitter. You can find us ArenaCraft Podcast on Twitch. Uh, we also have some links to other things, such as our Discord in the show notes, so you can get in touch with the community there. You can find Covert Go Blue also by searching for that particularly unique string of text anywhere that you wish to find him. He is on YouTube. He streams a lot on Twitch Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time if you want to catch him live and sometimes on the weekends if he's feeling frisky. So so thanks for joining us for another week and we will look forward to publishing our next episode of M21 Spoilers for you very soon. Take it easy, CGB. I will catch you again next episode. Later. Later.